Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Coast to Coast Wrestling Podcast. I'm Rick Zell, that's Matt Seha, and Matt, today we're talking about something a little different. We're talking about the business side of WWE, and we're talking about WWE on the stock market. Yes, so as two owners of WWE, Rick and I are going to dive deep into our own company to figure out, you know, (laughs) how much stock did we buy, how much did we make. Uh, talk about the dynamics of who's going to be our future um, leaders as far as running the company, CEO, and who's going to be on the board with us. So we're going to dive into that today. Yeah, those 10 shares between us will give us a lot of voting power. So We get so to decide two. who. So we, we will live talk through who, we need, who do we want to vote for. But let's take, let's take it away, Matt. This is the background of WWE stock, but we're also going to look towards the future. So if you're tuning into this from a stock analyst perspective and (laughs) want to tune in to the creative side to see where this goes, feel free to subscribe to us. And if you're here for the wrestling, well, welcome. We're the Coast to Coast Wrestling Podcast. Matt, take it away. Yeah, so just briefly on a brief history of the WWE stock market, they did go public in 1999. Uh, we're not going to talk, talk about the dynamics of going from a private company to a public-owned. Uh, however, as of 2018, I personally bought stock for $18. Uh, it's now sharing at 44.93. Kicking myself because when they had the Fox deal about when was that in 2019? I'm sorry, 2018, late 2018. Uh, the stock went up as much as $100. So, uh, kicking myself for that. But it dropped 50 cents since then. Uh, they also did a deal with Saudi Arabia which is why they also have to do pay-per-views there once a quarter, it seems like. Yeah, and quick aside, Matt's the ultimate person in investing in stocks and then waiting too long. <laughs> so what you got to do for stock advice is to listen to Matt and then sell like a year before he does. <laughs> so I have other stocks I play with. I actually bought the <laughs> WWE stock because I wanted to be the own WWE stock. Yeah. And then I, next thing I noticed, like, oh, shit, this is selling for $100. <laughs> and, and I held on to it like an idiot. I should have I should have sold, and I would have made quadruple what I what I bought it for. Quintuple. Uh, quintuple. But unfortunately, I did not. So I'm just fine. It's still okay. twice as much as I made. But yeah. But Matt, in a year, it went from a hundred dollars down to about forty five dollars. That's more than a fifty percent decrease. Matt, what happened? So I think the Fox deal wore off. Uh, the Saudi Arabia deals actually got more negative publicity than they did get positive, despite the the money influx it, it gave the company. The, as far as the Fox deal goes, uh, sports is probably the best investment you can do as a network right now. It's the only only live uh, entertainment that you can that you have to watch live. And, and it, the more and, and as soon as it's not live, it decreases in, in watchability. So you yeah. we look at all the streaming. So Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, all these shows. We'll watch whenever we have time, Rick. We, we all have busy lives. We, we can't watch it live. Sports, it is a live thing. It's a live phenomenon. When it's happening, Twitter's buzzing. Everybody want to watch it. Well, everybody wants to watch it as it's happening. Uh, WWE, while it's right. a scripted and television, it's still a live attraction. Even when people pirate sports, you, you <clears> still <throat> see all the ads. So you still get all the sponsors and the network still get all the benefits of live sports. Yeah, so that's what made the Fox deal so big. It's like they're on network television again. Uh, it's their second biggest brand, SmackDown. 
you're going to have Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, all the big names live on Fox. They get a promote on NFL. They get a promote on uh, NASCAR, whatever they're doing. So mm-hmm. everyone thought that was going to be a big game changer for WWE. Uh, they don't know the company like we know the company. <laughs> <laughs> Vince McMahon is never going to change the company. That's something I do want to talk about later, the decoupling of the future of the company between analysts and fans and what analysts can learn from fans and what fans can learn from analysts. But in the meanwhile, let's 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 talk about why this price drop. So you mentioned the Fox deal not working out as intended, the audience growth wasn't there, uh, which we can talk about. But then then what happened? Because recently it had an even sharper in- decrease by more than 10%, and it's been derated by a lot of financial institutions. So, Matt, we're recording this in February 2020. Tell us what happened recently. Yes, so recently, uh, George Barrios and Michelle Wilson, two longtime board members, were recently fired from the board. So they probably still in stock, however, they're not going to be in play to be the company's future CEO. Um, so that probably dropped the stock a lot. A lot of people viewed them viewed them as successors to Vince McMahon one day. Um, also, Paul Levesque and Stephanie McMahon, who fans always thought were going to take over, aren't viewed as the board as future CEOs of the company. Mm-hmm. So, excuse me, all this uncertainty, Rick, is part of the reason why you mentioned uh, financial and uh, financial analysts need to talk to us fans because. Vince McMahon is never going to give up this company, <laughs> and I think all, all those uh, financial advisors finally viewed Vince McMahon as what he is, and he's not going to let go of it. Getting rid of two longtime board members uh, really brought uncertainty to the company's future and thus played a huge role in the stock dropping. It's valuable. Fans in this market, in this industry, in this sector are so passionate. It's not an ever-exploding number with something like movies where each individual fan has a huge impact on a wrestling company's value because here's the thing financial analysts tend to look at the business side they look at cash flow they look at executives they look at new ideas and all of those have had relatively positive uptrends because of you know the recent history of a rising to a record number where WW executives were able to pay off their mortgages from their stock prices. However, for the fan perspective, I think fans tend to look mostly at the creative aspect of it. From a fan perspective, there's a very obvious reason why TV ratings are dropping for WWE. That reason is creative. Here's the workflow for WWE, basically. Someone sees someone is a fan or sees advertising and starts watching the weekly shows like Raw and SmackDown and Raw and SmackDown are just bigger advertising machines for the WWE network and the pay-per-views and that's how you drive businesses to these new ventures that make a lot of money the problem is a lot of fans are not happy with the creative aspect of WWE though so They've stopped watching the weekly shows like Raw and SmackDown, which the market has reflected on the declining ratings. But it has a bigger uh, impact than normal because if people aren't watching the weekly shows, they're much, much less likely to buy the network and to buy the pay-per-views. So it's all part of an ecosystem. And 
I think fans blame the creative on Vince McMahon. If you listen to any uh, podcast where someone interviews a disgruntled former employee, like the John Moxley podcast with Chris Jericho, and you'll see that to a T, every single person complains about the creative process of WWE, about how you bring in TV writers who don't know the business and talent are supposed to recite the lines 100% rather than show their own personalities. That's the main part of... um, that's the main part of the declining stock prices is that people aren't compelled enough by the stories to tune in. I think as soon as there's a shift in creative direction, then people will start tuning in again because there's this concept in wrestling called the lapse fan. Where if you watch wrestling as a kid, and a lot of us do, we might stop watching it occasionally as we go into adulthood, but it just takes that one spark to get people back in. On the creative side, we know that Paul Beck, Triple H, can do a phenomenal job with this because of his success with NXT. On the business side, uh, people if people don't see him in that view because of the executive side of things, I get it. But at the same time, I think that's the biggest decoupling between fans and analysts, where fans are excited about Paul Levesque taking over. Whereas analysts are terrified that Vince McMahon is leaving, especially for his ventures like uh, XFL or taking other time away from WWE. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I think uh, like Vince McMahon. So here's the thing, and you, you you just said it beautifully, Rick. The fans know the reason why the ratings are down is because it's just not a fun product. But the business side, they see Vince McMahon leaving as as detrimental to the company. I will say this though: WWE has become a mainstay in. Uh, uh, like the public's eye for a couple reasons, it, the name brand. Everybody, when you think of wrestling, you think of WWE. But mm-hmm. we're moving to a more niche uh, culture where, like, ev- everything you're into, not only can you watch it, but you can watch millions of different forms of it. For example, wrestling. Uh, WWE, of course, is what everybody that doesn't know about wrestling think of when they think of w- when they think of wrestling. They think, oh, WWE. It's on. It's right. On. It's synonymous. Yes, it's, it's like, on. It's like thinking about Kleenex with tissues. Yeah, exactly, but. You, you and I being wrestling fans, we know there's just better wrestling out there. So part of the reason like the ratings are dropped is because you, they might bring up NXT, for example, put it on U- USA and think it's going to do really well. And, it, and it's done fine. But they're competing with AEW, which is a, a brand new hot company that have already has a rabid fan base because the Young Bucks is uh, Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and all, all those guys uh, creating a, a loyal following on, on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And then you also have a bunch of cool stuff like New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Ring of Honor is getting more exciting. NWA, there's different options for the wrestling fans. So while the mm-hmm. WWE has a loyal fan base that will keep it a multi-million dollar company, it does have it does have its flaws as far as how successful successful it will be uh, on TV when, when it comes to the ratings. It, it's just not a good product, and that's been the problem. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Is that the potential audience? is there and they're ready to pick up WWE again. I think investors are hesitant that wrestling just isn't what it was. You had this uh, steady amount of growth where it was getting into the mainstream. But I think if you look at the numbers, if you look at AEW, TNT's highest premiere in more than five years. So I think it's 
although we might not get the six, seven million figures of viewership from week to week that we did back in the Attu era, it's untrue to say that there isn't an audience here. I think that audience is just waiting to be tapped into. I think that goes beyond that goes beyond uh, marketing and uh, analytics and goes straight to the heart of it's this product telling compelling stories to bring fans back. Yeah, and I think, uh, like you mentioned, there, there's also a lapsed fan base. Like, if you talk about the Royal mm-hmm. Rumble or WrestleMania, there's, like, almost, like, more people on Twitter are active watching this show. It's because folks that used to watch wrestling that don't li- that no longer watch or no longer like it still watch those two shows because everybody knows mm-hmm. they're happening. Everybody knows the Rumble's fun. Uh, that is probably their ceiling if you wanted to see, like, how many folks can we get to actually watch wrestling full-time. It's if you had a really great product... Look at how many people tune into the Rumble. And that's that would be how many folks would watch going forward. But they know it's not a good product. And they watch the Rumble. And they're like, the Rumble's always fun. But <laughs> it's like it's not like these storylines are that captivating. Or these wrestlers are really like making me want to tune in every week. So that is part of the problem, definitely. I think for executives, it's a little bit different. Like, for example, they were blaming the TV deal in the Middle East as a problem. And I'm sure it is globally. And I know mm-hmm. like uh, they're having trouble finding TV, a TV station in South Africa. And some of their global, like their their uh, their TV station in London isn't. I'm sorry, England isn't exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. So they definitely are having struggle uh, struggling finding TV deals uh, abroad, and that's contributed to uh, their stock market dropping. So there is kind of struggles as far as their business side goes that is different from what you and I view as their problem. But when right. you add them all in, it just creates a disaster, and, and that's what they're currently dealing with. I agree, and you had to look at both of those because everything you just mentioned are very traditional barriers to growth where it's going to determine whether stock prices go up or not. Can you expand beyond your own market? But I don't want to call us experts, but we're as close as as experts as you get to this (laughs) stuff. Not only is there international audience to be tapped into, there's a rabid domestic audience that are either lapsed or you've lost over the years are just ready to be waiting to tap into that isn't really reflected in the traditional charts of growth uh, you see with other companies. So especially if WWE can get its creative together, again, all of these things are factors, but in my opinion, the creative is the biggest factor. Yeah, definitely. And like you think about it, like let's just say WWE was hitting on all cylinders and were doing stuff that you and I wanted to see. Not only would they be a major player when it comes to like Fox or NBC or USA and these programs having live television, but their network and streaming would be be more successful than they are today because this stuff is can live on forever. Like you can go back and watch a match whenever. It, it doesn't have the same uh, restrictions that sports has. Like no, right. like rarely ever does anybody go back and watch a game without the highlights. Like no one's gonna watch it start to bottom. But if you have good shows, like people are gonna want to go back and watch a show like. I watched like SummerSlam 2002 over and over again because I think it's such a great show. They don't have those limitations that live sports has, and then right. they have the they have the potential of having live TV that the streaming services don't have. So there's just so there's unlimited potential here. But since it's a right. bad product, they they are limiting themselves. You brought up a good point there. I think there's also 
a fan base, an audience difference between WWE and something like Netflix. Whereas the average Netflix user, they'll watch Netflix. If they're younger, they'll also watch Twitch. If they're older, they'll also watch traditional TV or you know social media or Hulu, whatever. And there's such a fragmented content base, and you you constantly have to fight for that person's attention. Whereas with wrestling fans, if the product is good, the dedicated hardcore wrestling fans, all they watch is wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But uh, Rick, let's, let's look at the outlook here. So yeah, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's bleak, but it isn't very really as successful as they thought it was going to be. <laughs> but let's talk well, about WrestleMania yeah. is coming up. That is usually a, a booming time for the WWE. Uh, the price of stocks is baked in to WrestleMania time because everyone knows there's going to be a bump in eyeballs. It always exceeds expectations and it always uh, brings a lot of people back. It's can you sustain that that momentum? Yeah, it's usually so no does it. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, like, usually after WrestleMania is usually the best time to sell. <laughs> um, yeah, we're in the middle of wrestling season, or WrestleMania season, and WrestleMania is in April. And, hey, WWE just hit a f- new 52-week low uh, a couple weeks ago at 40, about $42, and it's only been rising since. So if you're looking for a dip and bounce back, I think WrestleMania is your best bet. Yeah. Um, Again, um, all of our financial advice, take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> Do your own research. If you're looking at WWE, um, right now, it, you can get it at a severe discount. And if it bounces back at all, you're making a profit. Yeah, and then if you're, if you're really trying to get a return on your investment as far as like having it as high as the Fox deal, I'd wait until their TV deal's up because I don't see another bump like yeah, that happening for a while. That's true. That's that's very, very true. And by that time, who knows? Maybe the complete land, landscape has shift, shifted. But yeah. at the same time, this is a fairly reliable business because as much as uh, disgruntled fans go to places like uh, AEW and New Japan, pe- like um, WrestleMania season, from Royal Rumble to uh, WrestleMania those fans always at least tune back into WWE. Yeah, and I think you and I are examples of that. Like, I, we haven't, like, I haven't watched wrestling since WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've watched NWA, I've watched New Japan, I've checked out YouTube stuff, maybe highlights here and there, NXT, uh, AEW. But, like, I haven't watched WWE since WrestleMania, and I watched the Rumble the other day just because I, I will never miss the Rumble because that's one of my favorite pay-per-views. And there's many fans that are, that are very similar, so... Uh, yeah, this is the time if you are looking to sell, uh, it, do it do it soon. Unless you want to wait six years or whenever that TV deal's up. Oh no, right? You don't want to sell right now because it's at severe discount right now. I'm sorry, sell, after right? WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so let's let's circle back and let's talk about. Okay. So we mentioned right. the succession so plan. Of, yeah. Right. So let's talk about the TV ratings. I think, I think Fox thought they were they were going to get a huge bump in ratings with Brock Lesnar and Tyson Fury on the first episode and Cain Velasquez. That kind of soured a lot of wrestling fans where it's not just wrestler, WWE champion that they took the belt off of to, to appease a more mainstream sports fan. It's Kofi Kingston, literally yeah. the most popular uh, wrestler in, I want to 
I want to say the last during Kofi Mania, I would say he's probably the most popular wrestler since the Daniel Bryan Yes movement, and that's the person that fans perceive Fox as screwing over for the steal, and I think that's a huge contribution. But yeah. um, and I want to get your opinions on that, Matt. But at the same time, I do want to mention Fox has been pumping a lot of money into promoting SmackDown because they pay so much for it, including several spots during the Super Bowl. So it's kind of an angel and devil situation with Fox. I want to get your opinion on that, Matt. Yeah, so the, and the reason that it hasn't been successful is, is two reasons. So number one, you neglected your fan base by you know having a very popular champion gets squashed by Brock Lesnar in a minute. So, like, that disgruntled, you know, us wrestling fans that like wrestling. And they haven't done anything with it. He literally got squashed and he's back being a tag team. So that made us upset. Uh, as far as, like, the mainstream goes, they they thought that people wanted to tune into wrestling and watch MMA. That's not the case. People don't want to watch MMA on wrestling. They want to watch MMA on MMA and wrestling with wrestling. So they, they try to cater to the MMA fan and Fox which doesn't make sense. If you're buying WWE, you're getting the WWE, and that's what they should should have yeah. told the execs, and they should have stand clear. Like, hey, Tyson yeah. Fury may be, may be very popular in MMA, but him coming to the WWE... Boxing. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. In boxing, or, like, bringing in, like, a... Uh, who's the other guy? Cain Velasquez. Like, they, they're very popular in their sport, but with us, like, wrestling fans, it's not, it's not cool. Like, we don't want to see these guys beat people we watch weekly. We want to watch yeah. wrestling. So... With the exception of Ronda Rousey. Yeah, well, she, she, well the difference yeah. is she's a wrestling fan and she came in and actually right. wanted to wrestle. So uh, that is the two problems. And I, I, you can't blame Fox on this. Fox did a great job of promoting them. They're on, they were on the Super Bowl. Um, they're, on, they're on commercials for all their major uh, TV shows. They show them on Fox uh, every Sunday. Yeah, you got to get that football. Mass Singer market, Matt. <laughs> That's some prime wrestling fan market. Yeah, but... But Rick, let's. I, I want to circle back to the Vince McMahon succession plan. So everybody's talking about uh, Paul Levesque and Stephanie McMahon, wrestling fans that is, uh, taking over. But Paul Levesque, Paul Triple Levesque, H, Triple H, the Cerebral Assassin. But honestly, the leader evolution. <laughs> Vince McMahon, the, he, the Connecticut <laughs> Blue Blood, the Generation X leader, <laughs> Evolution, Rick Flair impersonator. Okay. Uh, but Paul Levesque. <laughs> But here's my bold prediction. Vince McMahon will hold on to this company until his dying days and then begrudgingly will have to sell. And the new CEO will be somebody of the department of WWE within a larger company. Right. I think if you're looking at uh, WWE to sell, first of all, uh, if WWE does sell, huge bump in the prices, huge yeah. bump in the stock. Man, I both think that's a long way away. But if you want to take that as a possibility and put WWE on your watch list for that reason, I think there are some very interesting precursors to look at because WWE has talked about um, taking their content and uh, becoming a content creator and again selling that to streaming services who yeah. need content in addition to the WWE network. So if you see WWE end up on... Uh, Apple TV, uh, Prime Video, Disney Plus, or Hulu, I think that's a very significant indicator to, in a few years, it, are these companies potential buyers of WWE? Um, will we see Bob Iger or Tim Cook or Jeff Bezos as the new chairman of the board? <laughs> you know? 
And I think so. I so there is a lot of rumors that WWE Network is trying to, uh, at the very least, sell their streaming rights to their pay per views to one of these providers. And I think one of the routes they're going to go, like you mentioned earlier, is just like selling the network off to one of these streaming services. So like you sign up for Hulu and you also get the WWE Networks, for example. Um, but mm-hmm. that will be, like you mentioned, the precursor for them just completely selling. And I think uh, it'll be very similar to what Ted Turner did with WCW, where Amazon mm-hmm. buys WWE and uh, WWE Network is all on Amazon Prime and eventually Raw will stream live on Amazon Prime and you can get all the pay-per-views and et cetera. And I, and I think that's where it's going to go. And, and Vince McMahon is not immortal. None of us are. So I think and his when he finally realized... Well, I, I wouldn't... It's like, you're right. But also at the same time, I wouldn't bet against Vince McMahon being immortal. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess if he's immortal, then it'll be status quo. <laughs> and just look for the next TV deal. But I think when the time comes for him, when he finally realizes... Because what is he, in his 80s now? That day comes for all of us. Still, it, it would, um, <laughs> still younger than most of our presidential candidates, though. That's true. Well, he's in his 80s, most of them in their 70s, well, so not by much. Wait, let's see. <laughs> let's, let's look this up. All right, instead of just spreading false news. Yeah. Vince McMahon's 74. So, yes, he is, he is younger than a lot of our presidents. That is a sad state of affairs. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> so uh, that, that's right. Vince McMahon should just run for president. You know, uh, no, no, thank you. <laughs> McMahon, 2024. He's doing that. <laughs> But I, I think that's where it's – and honestly, Rick, I think when it sells, it'll be better for everybody because they will – they will have it'll be easier access for us fans. They will put somebody ahead of creative. Well, hopefully we'll, – we'll, we saw how Star Wars ended up. But we'll, hopefully they'll put somebody ahead of creative that understands the product. Maybe yeah. a Paul Levesque and Stephanie McMahon end up be, being the head of the department and we actually get good wrestling again. So uh, I have hope for that day. But I think it's a long way away. I think selling the streaming lights to the WWE Network is coming coming up soon. But I think selling the company is a long way away. Right. And it also depends on where these companies realize that buying ROH or AEW or New Japan is a much better deal than buying WWE. Yeah, and I'd be honest. I think buying the, the American streaming rights of New Japan and Ring of Honor would probably be a better deal for these companies. Yeah, I mean, it would be... Less name recognition, but you would. I think it would be more return on investment, especially given the kind of advertising that someone like Amazon could put out. Yeah, and then plus, you, to buy WWE, it would at least be $2 billion. People would probably laugh mm-hmm. at that, but realistically, that's how much it would cost. I mean, both Marvel and Star Wars cost double that amount. So. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's put a bow on this episode. So we gave everybody financial advice, again, do your Again, own research. Do, not, right, do your own research. Well, it, here, here's the thing. Matt could have sold his WWE stock for $100. Yeah. But now it's $45 again. So do your own research. Hey, I still made twice as much. So I guess I'm not as bad, but yeah. It, That's true. All my all my investing is just listening to what Matt buys and then, <laughs> and then just like selling while he's holding it. <laughs> So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't listen to us for financial advice, but if you want to listen to us for more wrestling content, Rick, where can people catch us? You can catch us almost anywhere you can find the podcast at Coast to Coast Wrestling Podcast or Coast to Coast WP. And Matt, if people want to write into the show, how can they reach us? So please reach out to us at Coast to Coast WP at gmail.com. Again, that is the number two. And identical on Twitter, it's Coast to Coast WP on Twitter. And, and please reach out to us via DM, via message, uh, or just reply to our tweets. We, we're pretty active. We love wrestling, and we always want to engage.
yeah, hey, if you want us to follow you, just, you know, be active and engaged. And we usually follow people back who comment our stuff. So, yeah, hey. we, we are team follow back. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we, we have more exciting episodes coming out. Please be on the lookout. Until then, catch you later. Invest, but not necessarily on WWE. <laughs> Better options. Yeah. <laughs>